Good morning and welcome. Happy Monday, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. The holiday season in full force. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. The holiday parties are out, and we were at a few of them this this weekend. And wow, it, it is amazing when you sit down and talk to people and and friends that you've known for a while, and you you, you just start talking about life and what's going on. And and uh, man, it's tough out there. It really is. I, I can't wait to share it with you. All the things that. Uh, that I learned this weekend. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And we got a tax cut coming. We got a, a rate hike that I think is pretty much almost, you can't guarantee it. I mean, it may not happen, but it should. On Wednesday, we should get another quarter of a point from the Federal Reserve. And we had that jobs number out on Friday, which said, hey, we're hiring a bunch of people. We're just not paying them a bunch of money. And, you know, I was at a few holiday parties this weekend and, and very, you know, very successful people. And I, I was telling my wife, I just feel like we're the poorest people there by a large margin. But we're just talking about life. And, and most of these are, are uh, our kids go to school together. And, and so we know, you know, maybe they play football together or basketball together, and, and you don't really, you know, you know them, but you don't know them, know them. And a lot of them have older kids. So, like, our, our oldest is, is graduating from high school this year, but they have, you know, a lot of the people that were there have kids that are in their early 30s. And it was... It was so funny because one of them said, "Yeah, we've got to go over to, you know, their their son and their uh, daughter-in-law's house after after that party. There, we're going there next." And and they just matter-of-factly said, "Yeah, you, it's one of two things." They said either they need to borrow money or. They're pregnant, and they need to borrow money. And I started laughing. And and then it was funny how many other people were in a similar situation where it was almost uniform across the board where everybody that had some a, a child that was, I would say, outside of college age. And, and for my, in my mind, outside of college age is, and I'm probably being a little generous because you should already be out. You should be a doctor if you're still in college by 25. But if you're over the age of 25, how many of them have to support their grown children? And they all say the same thing, which is they just don't make enough money. I didn't hear a, not a single one of them said, my kid's lazy, or he doesn't work, or 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 any of those things. They, none that wasn't said. What was said is they just don't make enough money to be able to afford, you know, to to live. It, and it's almost like a a ritual that every you know 
don't know. It's like a quarterly. I got the feeling, and this is a feeling I got. I got the the feeling that like once a quarter, these parents get the call. You know, hey, help me out. And uh, and in one particular case, the the this couple, they're in their thirties, and the parents were pretty sure that I think they're going to tell us they're having a baby, and and they're telling us this. And, you know, we, we you know, support them. And, and support is probably the wrong word. They, they uh, what are they, they supplement their income, you know, every quarter. And, and when you ask them, well, what do they do? And, and they've got decent jobs. But they just can't afford to pay for all of the things they have to pay for. You know, one of the things I was surprised about, so one of them, they have they're 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 married they're they're kids they're married and they have uh, a little one and another one on the way and they were talking about how they made too much money the kids made too much money to get health care subsidies and they were saying that they they are paying a thousand dollars a month just in health care and i'm thinking man i'm going to stop complaining you know we pay our health my health care uh has more than doubled actually probably now close to tripled since the obamacare thing but now yeah and you know what i always talk about hey anybody that's on obamacare 90 percent of the people on there get subsidized insurance but talking about you know and again these are couples that are you know they're in their late 20s early 30s having to pay a thousand dollars a month for health insurance and i remember uh i was 28 when sarah and i got married and we had our young our oldest our youngest our oldest i think i i don't even know if i paid twenty dollars you know, a paycheck, and I got paid every other week. So maybe, maybe it was fifty dollars a month from my from the company that I worked for, and we didn't pay. I mean, and it covered everything. I mean, we had we had our first son, and and if we paid five hundred bucks, I'd be surprised. And now you got to pay a thousand dollars a month. And you haven't even had the baby yet. Patriot Radio News Hour. Isn't America great? We'll be back right after the break. I'm going to give you all the opportunity to turn the chant, turn the dial. Because I'm going to share an article, and it has the sex word in it. And, And I'm only going to to talk about it because of the the amount of people that are now, I guess, being counted as working uh, in this industry. So I'm going to give you a minute. If you need to, if you don't want to hear that, uh, which I understand, then you can turn it. it it'll be very brief. And then I'll, I'll just kind of go through what's happening. Uh, because, you know, what's funny is, so I'm at these, I was at two different parties. 
and both of them were talking about you know the, the trying to help their kids one of them one of them was talking about hey you know what i'm i'm going to buy a truck right he needs a new vehicle and he's going to and he says i'm going to buy a truck because i'm going to try to help out my son he's he's trying to uh, get a landscaping business together, and if I buy the truck, then if he needs it, then then you know he can borrow it. And you know it used to be, let's say, and he has a job, and he's, and he's actually, you know, and the sad part is, is here's a kid trying to hustle. He already is, you know, a a foreman, or I don't know what the technical term is, but he runs a crew for a landscaping company. I mean, he, he's up at, you know. Four o'clock in the morning every day getting at it. And and now he's he's got a side hustle. Right? Because that doesn't pay enough money. And I'm like, can he buy his own truck? And and his dad's like, No. He can't afford it. He's like, Have you seen and he's he's telling me, have you seen what a new truck costs? And he goes, and I don't want to co-sign it for him, so I just might as well buy it myself. And 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 all of these things, and I'm just listening to the, to everyone talking, and people are talking about how you know their their adult children make too much money and aren't paying for health care because who can afford a thousand dollars a month? One person said that they're they were paying for it, but you know they had I think they had three kids, but it was over twelve hundred dollars a month. And this is Arizona. I don't view Arizona as a "quote unquote" expensive place. Uh, and I and I ran across this one, and, and I and I'm just like, I know what I got to share. There is no doubt. So if you want to turn the radio off, you probably have to turn it off for about thirty seconds. There is no doubt. And a, in a period where burdensome student loans and wage stagnation are crushing the hopes of achieving the American dream while living in their parents' basements. And, of course, in Arizona, we don't have basements. But the millennial generation struggling to survive. We explained how this generation is selling sex on the Internet in exchange for money to pay the bills. Across the United States, they estimate that 2.5 million college students are selling sex on a website to cover expenses. So, and I know, you know, you've heard this, right? And you, you know, people do it, but 2.5 million, really? Uh, then they talked about. Uh, no, I won't even talk about it. But I, I'm just highlighting. This is what it now takes to get by in America. This is the great economy, right? This is this is uh, what Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke and Alan Greenspan, this is what they've given us. And make no mistakes about it. Congress is not exempt, right? They've done just as much to crush the American dream as anybody. And, and I don't care whether you want to believe it or not, but here's the truth. The truth of the matter is, They've given big business everything they've wanted so a bunch of billionaires can stuff their pockets while the rest of the country bleeds out. 2.5 million college kids on, on sex websites? 
Then they talk about a girl, uh, Cheyenne Johnson. She's a former community college student. Talking about how she walks in twice a week to the Plasma Donation Center in Eugene, Oregon. By the way, you know what? I've never... I won't say it, but I've, I will say it. Everyone says that, that uh, some of these bigger cities in Oregon are definitely uh, walking homeless everywhere. Exchanging plasma for cash from 25 to $150 a week. Cheyenne, 23, visits the facility on a regular basis because the job environment in the area is weak. And and talking about how she's just minutes away from the University of Oregon, and they say there's a website now that these students can go to where they can... uh, do their homework while they're donating. Hey, come on in. It's a nice place. We'll take good care of you. And while you're doing your donations, you can, you know, we got Wi-Fi and everything else. You can uh, work on your your homework for college. It's estimated that one-third of donors at the Eugene location are between the ages of 18 to 24. According to data from the the New York Times, the median income of a student family at University of Oregon is more than double the national average. It makes the University of Oregon the 174th richest university out of the 2,395 in the United States in terms of student wealth. So, one of the wealthier ones. Becoming a low, being a low-income student, like at the University of Oregon, can be an isolating experience. Donating plasma to supplement a small income is just one thing. Unbeknownst to many, the plasma industry is a $16.8 billion market. I had no idea. Apparently, this is extremely popular. And it's forecast to expand in coming years. ABC News reported, now I don't know, it's ABC, so you're not not too sure anymore, that 94% of the world's plasma comes from the United States. And it doesn't say exactly uh, how many people do this, because that counts as a a job, by the way. How much do they pay? $20 for first-time donators, $40 to $60 when you give again. So if anyone's looking to uh, supplement your income, requirements to donating plasma. You must be between the ages of 18 to 65. You must weigh at least 110 pounds and be in good health. And then it says, you cannot donate if you have hepatitis, had cancer, or had a tattoo or body piercing in the last 12 months. 
How would they know? I don't know. I, I don't know how they. I was just just kind of wondering how would they know when when you got that too. I mean, I guess you would know if it was brand new. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. That that's where uh, again. I'm out at these holiday parties, and, and I'm wondering to myself, how many of you out there, I mean, is this what I've got to look forward to? I kind of feel like it is now, right? As my oldest one is a senior in high school, is he going to go off to college, and then we graduate from college, he gets a job, and he's still going to be calling me up for money? Man, I was hoping to call him up. Hey, speaking of calling him up, after decades of waste and overpayment, now I can't wait. I don't. I don't know what is going to happen, but apparently, the Pentagon is going to undergo the first audit in decades. Trillions of missing and in, in improperly accounted for dollars. And most recently, losing track of 44,000 soldiers. That's a, that's a different story. The Pentagon is about to undergo, they're saying it's the first audit in history. Now maybe, I know they did some, they tried to do some. Uh, and matter of fact, because I remember, because I hadn't been here that long. And they had tried to do some, and they came back, you know, they couldn't account for I forget the. It was a big number. Let's just say at the time the the Pentagon's budget was five hundred billion. There was like twenty five or thirty percent of the budget, if I'm remembering correctly, that they couldn't even account for. They're saying twenty four hundred auditors from independent public accounting firms are going to conduct reviews across the Army, Navy, Air Force, and more, and are trying, you know what, I can respect this, they're trying to get on some form of yearly audit, which I think is a huge positive. The problem is, I don't think they're actually going to be able to pull it off. The Pentagon, no stranger to criticism or serious waste, or purposefully Sloppy accounting. See, and that's the best part. When you work for the government, and you just don't feel like doing, you know, what you're supposed to do, you can just purposely or accidentally uh, make a bunch of mistakes. The Department of uh, the DOD Inspector General, uh, which, by the way, this report appears to be unavailable on its website, coincidentally found that in 2015, a staggering $6.5 trillion in funds was unaccounted for from the Army budget with $2.8 trillion in wrongful adjustments occurring in one quarter. Now, I don't know how that works, because I know that they don't spend that much money. I don't think. It said in 2015, the Pentagon denied trying to shelve a study detailing $125 billion in waste created by bloated employee counts and non-combated related work 
such as human resource, finance, health care management, and property management. The report concluded that $125 billion could be saved by making those operations more efficient. Now, I don't know how, again, I don't know how it works. You know, right now I know the whole, like the Pentagon budget, or the I'm assuming the Defense Department is the Pentagon, is like $600 billion. So $125 billion seems like a lot. Uh, and then they go on and talk about the the first ever audit, and they're saying that <laughs> old audits re, re, $37 for screws, $7,622 for a coffee maker, the $640 toilet seat. Uh, the announcement comes amid a looming government shutdown scheduled for December the 22nd. I can't wait for the result. Uh, but but you know what? I view that as a positive. At least we're going to try to figure out how to save some money. So the Pentagon audit going to employ 2,400 people. Wow, it just seems like a lot. And uh, no word as to when it's going to com- be completed, uh, but I promise you this, I will bring it to you when it happens. Patriot Radio News Hour, halftime on a Monday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Today is the birthday of someone who is relatively unknown to younger generations of Americans. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was born to a simple Russian family in 1918 after his father died in service to Russia in World War I. As a child, Solzhenitsyn dreamed of being a writer. Little did he know that he would one day be one of the most effective and well-known critics of the Soviet Union. He graduated from university with a degree in mathematics and physics, but soon was pulled into service for Russia in World War II. That became the beginning of Alexander's life-changing writings. In 1945, he was arrested for writing letters to a friend in which he was critical of Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin. Solzhenitsyn spent the next eight years of his life in prisons, labor camps, and in exile. He was eventually allowed to resettle in central Russia, where he taught mathematics and again began to write. His first two novels were based on his own experiences in Stalin's brutal network of prisons. In 1964, post-Khrushchev Russia brought more cultural activities restrictions, and Solzhenitsyn lost his government-approved publishing privilege. He then printed his works through an underground network. Even as his work was suppressed in Russia, the international community was clamoring for his writings. In 1970, Solzhenitsyn was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature following the 1968 publishing of two books. Then in 1973, his famous work, The Gulag Archipelago, a historical record of the Stalin-era Soviet labor camps, earned him a charge of treason 
and permanent exile from the Soviet Union. I suggest that you read some of the works of this towering figure who stood bravely against Soviet cruelty. 2017 marks 50 years of the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, mailed, broadcast, and posted online to millions of Americans eager to follow her traditional conservative perspective. We continue that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com, archiving the past, addressing today's key issues, and staying alert for the future. So bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592, as we are, give or take, 48 hours away from the Federal Reserve announcement that uh, most of us expect there to be a rate hike uh, following the pattern over the last three years of the December rate hikes and kind of marking the the bottoms for the gold and silver markets Uh, right now. Gold steady, uh, actually been up most of the day, $1,245. Uh, silver, same thing, just hanging out, $15.72 right now. Uh, we we had uh, silver dimes. Remember Friday, there was a big snafu uh, with the company that we had purchased the dimes from. And we actually got an entire extra bag of dimes because they shipped it twice. Uh, they were only supposed to ship it once. And Wendy Wendy was off, and she gets the alerts, and she got the alert, and then she called me, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and so she called them, and, and they made a mistake, and then they said they couldn't get it, get it back. You know, UPS uh, couldn't return it. Uh, and and I figured out why because it was actually it came on Friday. We actually have the dimes here, uh, and so we ran them on special again and reran them, and, and we sold more than more than half of them. Uh, they're sixty two dollars and, and fifty cents a roll, uh, cheapest in the country. They come fifty dimes in a roll, and then if you buy twenty five rolls or more. We'll throw in the shipping, and at twenty-five rolls at the sixty-two fifty, uh, it's one thousand five hundred sixty-two dollars and fifty cents. I can still do two of those. So if you want to call today and get twenty-five rolls and free shipping, I can do two of those, and then I have another twenty-three or twenty-four uh, individual rolls at the sixty-two dollars and fifty cents. And remember, I'm very bullish on silver. Silver's underperformed this year, uh, which I like. Uh, the The supply side of the equation continues to get better. Uh, I'm somewhat confident. I'm hopeful that the tax cuts and the new great economy picks up because, let's face it, silver's an industrial metal. That'll be good for it as well. Uh, and, and I just think it's, uh, you know, at 1570, 1575, you know, I, I looked at all the charts, and, and looks like downside risk is maybe fifty cents, maybe. Uh, like I said, there was Thursday after the spot market closed in New York. It was a wild electronic trade hour, where silver moved 
viciously down in the matter. You know, one of those moves. In second, uh, and it actually may have got to 15, 25. I don't know. You, you just can't keep track of it that quickly. Uh, and then by the end of the session, had come right back to where it was. And it's been kind of waiting here. I think this rate hike is definitely going to be, you know, you sell the rumor, buy the news. I think that's what we're shaping up here. And we kind of know with a rate hike, the week before and the week after, that, you know, that period, that two-week period usually symbolizes uh, the bottom, somewhere in between those two periods. So uh, rolls of dimes, this is the last of them. Let's get them out of here, $62.50. If you buy 25 rolls, and you can buy more if you'd like, but if you buy 25 rolls, the shipping is free at 800-951-0592. There was a great study done about the labor market. And I, I was, it, it, and it actually is really one of the better ones I've seen because we don't know what a good jobs number is anymore. Like the uh, the the monthly or the monthly the weekly first time jobless claims, right? That used to be a number where we knew if you're above three hundred thousand, it was bad, and, and below it was you know good. Well, now uh, because of the types of jobs created, and so many people working for temp agencies, apparently working on the uh, dark web. Uh, giving plasma, whatever the the new economy is, contract worker, uh, that you're not eligible for unemployment benefits. And so now uh, we don't know what a good number is, right? Is the 240, 250,000, is that good? Is that bad? We don't know. Jobs created. The monthly number. Somebody actually went back all the way to the 80s and started looking at, you know, job creation and looking at payroll reports, which last Friday they said 228,000 jobs were created, and it characterized everything from solid to robust to, you know, everything's great, yeah, I know no one's getting paid a lot of money, but that's going to happen, right? We, we, this is what we, we've been trained now. Every time you turn on the Billionaire Road Channel, seemingly every number suggests what a great labor market we have. But how do we really know? So, uh, and I want to give credit to who did the research here, because I didn't, and, you know, someone smarter than me. Uh, Jeffrey Snyder, this was out of uh, Alhambra Investments, is the one that put this all together. And he went back and, and started looking at the labor market. And, you know, they give monthly job or monthly hires, right, how many new people went into the workforce every month. And, you know, and you can take those and add them together. And, and see what you get and it was and it was really pretty fascinating because he said from take a, a, an example from 1993 to 1999 okay, so that would probably be one of the better periods right I would think of uh, the US data 
said that the establishment survey said that the market averaged 2.6% gains every year. In other words, employment went up 2.6% a year on average every year from 93 to 99. If you translate those average gains into what we see today, that you would need in 2017 payroll gain for 2017 to be as good as it was in the 90s needs to be 4.6 million people. Now, right now, through the first 11 months, we're averaging 187,000 jobs a month, which is about 2 million. So we're only half as good as we were during the 90s. I'll let you know how we did in other decades. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. And I, I misspoke. I want to correct it. So the 90s, to be as good as the 90s, we would need to average 3.7 million hires a year. We're going to get two to one. Uh, Right now, I thought we were at 2 million. We're actually at 1.9 million. But uh, let, let's just say we get 200,000 in December. That would be uh, 2.1, maybe 2.2 million. To be as good as the 90s and just job growth, okay, we would need 3.7. To be as good as the 80s, we would need 4.6. We won't even have half of that number. And then you start thinking about all the things that they've done. And and, and I've been trying to to again add all these pieces to the puzzle to this puzzle. And really all is they've done is manipulated data to make it appear that things are great. Right, and then they parade these people out on the idiot box, right, on the billionaire channels, telling you how solid these numbers are, right? Drudge will post a big headline, 228,000, America's great again. And then I go to these these holiday parties, and, I, and it, was, it was story after story after story of how adult children, and I'm not talking about 18-year-olds, people are 30, 32, 34, 35, 28, 27, still needing their parents. I mean, I know <laughs> my generation, you didn't need your parents I mean, much, much past high school. You really didn't. You go out, you found a job, and you were able to get by. I mean, my first jobs, and I tell this story, I used to work for Osco Drug. I don't even know if they're still around. Um, I don't think they are, but it, but they, they used to be huge, Osco Drugs. And I think they're now CVS, but they're one, whether it was CVS or Walgreens or whatever, they all got gobbled up. But I, I worked there. My health insurance was free. I mean, it was. Rent, 
I don't know. I, I had a couple of roommates. Maybe I, I think I paid like a hundred and fifty bucks. Maybe two hundred. Maybe. Now we find out that this great jobs market isn't very good at all. You know, you you, you start thinking about. How did it happen? And the, I guess the uh, the newest generation of American adults yearning in greater numbers for something vastly different. Right, the establishment here continuing to say that everything is good, when by every reasonable standard, it's not even close. And I think this is a very reasonable standard. And the funny thing is, this is an easy number to come up with. Right? The Labor Department posts this stuff. You can go, I mean, you got to do a little math. The robust labor market, even of the past few years, and of course, to be truthful, do you know that? The number of new hires has fallen three straight years in a row. Even this year. Even this great economy. Not nearly enough to draw in those sitting on the sidelines struggling. And, and you know, you, really when you think about nine, we're on, almost now 90, approaching 96 million people not in the labor force. And you start thinking about, you know, there's 300 and, you know, let's call it 320 million people in the entire country. You got to throw out all the people that aren't 16. And, and you got, you know, we're approaching, what, half of the people of, of working age not even being counted. At a time when, let's face it, I mean, the new, uh, the new family structure has changed dramatically, hasn't it? You know, the I, I, I used to, I, and I still do. I tell the story of me and my wife, and when we were getting married, you know, the the three rules, you know, the old traditional rules, right? You know, she cooked, I ate it, I made a mess, she cleaned it up, I I made the money, she raised the the kids, right? The the old uh, American dream, the the house and the white picket fence and the 2.4 kids and the dog and a couple of cars is now replaced with what? Everybody working. It's all hands on deck. And everybody working, and then hopefully mom and dad are in a position, what, to supplement our, our income so we can get by. Right? Nobody can afford a house. You, you, how many millennials can afford a house? I mean, it's amazing. And then, and then you actually look at actual physical. Forget about pay. Okay, forget about it. Forget about how they track unemployment and and who they count and who they don't count. If you simply just look at the number number of new jobs created we're running at about 50 percent of where we were in the 90s 
a little better than 50%, let's be fair. And then a little worse than 50%, actually quite a bit worse than 50% of where we were in the 80s. And you see the slope, the 80s, and then the 90s are a little worse, and the 2000s are a little worse, and now we're a little worse. That's the sucking sound coming out of the middle class. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. Mark's really not doing much of anything. Uh, the Dow's up 20. Uh, the S&P, the NASDAQ are higher as well. Gold's up at 20 cents, uh, $1,245 and change. Silver's unchanged, 1573 uh, you know, we're we're about 48 hours away from the Fed rate hike. Uh, last, Hopefully the last chance here to pick up uh, just a fantastic opportunity on those dimes. Uh, let's just get rid of them. Tomorrow, I promise this, we're going to have a gold special tomorrow. It's going to be a good one, so be ready for that as well. Uh, the dimes are here. Uh, give us time. Uh, we need to, to roll them. Uh, and then, of course, we got to... 200 more rolls that we weren't expecting to get, so we've ordered more rolls, dime rolls. Uh, they should be here by the end of the week, so we, we will be shipping and calling for pickups uh, as the rolls get here. Uh, rolls of silver dimes, $62.50, and like I said, they'll go out right away uh, as soon as we we should have the dime rolls in there. They should be in here Wednesday or Thursday uh, we already ha- we have some here, so some's already going to go out, and then the rest of them will go out after that. If you buy 25 rolls or more today, we're going to throw in the shipping. And again, like we did on Friday, you can use your credit card, no charge. So if you want to get your points, bang your miles, do whatever it is, get your rewards, this is a great way to do it. Rolls of silver dimes. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. If you've never done business with us, I promise this is going to be the easiest thing you ever did. You just call us up, call the eight hundred number. Just tell Wendy you want the special. That's all you got to say. She's just going to tell you how many would you like, and you tell her. You're going to give us, you know, your name and your address because we need to know where to ship to. And then you pay for it, whether you want to send us a check or you want to use a credit card. We take all four Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express. And then we ship it to your registered, insured U.S. mail. It's just that simple. If you're not home when we deliver, uh, the postman leaves you a slip in your mailbox. You take that slip down to the post office, and you got to sign for it there. They will not leave it at your door. They will not leave it, of course... You know, most post office now, they got the mailbox, you know, the community mailbox area. They won't leave it in there. Okay, they will physically come to your door. If you are not home, like most of you got to work and do those things, uh, they'll leave you a little slip in the mailbox, and then you take that slip down to the post office to pick it up. Uh, there's not going to be any bait and switch or anything like that. Uh, we don't. We don't call you and cold call you day and night. We just don't do any of that stuff. We don't play games. You're going to get treated with honesty and respect, and, and we're going to make a few dollars. That's it. 800-951-0592. And the best part is, by doing that, that's what keeps us here. That's what's kept us here for over 20 years. Right here we've been doing this show. It's got to be one of the longest shows consecutively running uh, in the country, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So I gotta believe 
we're doing something right, right? So uh, please take the time. I want to get rid of them. I'm, obviously, a mistake was made, and, and, and it's going to be to your benefit, and I want to get them out of here uh, before Christmas. 800 uh, We'll see what tomorrow brings. Uh, there was a, I guess there was a pipe bomb explosion in, the, uh, in New York today. Uh, poorly executed, thankfully. Uh, no one got killed. Uh, but uh, that's about it. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Everyone take care. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll be back tomorrow.